Welcome to the Million Dollar Listening Podcast. In this show, we aim to help people grow in all areas of life with the focus of getting to the next level. I'm your host, Mari Wines, realtor, marketing guru, real estate coach, and co-owner of E3 Realty. Hello, Michael Gordon. Hello. I'm going to start this episode out by just reading a couple titles off of your resume, which is actually an old resume, so there could be a lot more that happened between then and now. But I see director, director again, executive director, director at large, board liaison, and you also served on several committees. And these are all titles for the board of directors for the California Association of Realtors and the Contra Costa Association of Realtors, which fall underneath the National Association of Realtors. So do you want to talk a little bit about these organizations and your involvement? Yes, absolutely. Um, So the National Association of Realtors is one of the largest trade organizations in the world. Um, And the work that we do both at the state and local levels and nationally is powerful for the consumers that we serve, uh, for our industry, protecting private property rights, because there's constantly legislation being proposed in order to cost consumers, um, whether it's telling people what they can and can't do before they can sell their home or if they can even sell their home or who they can sell their <laughs> home to, um, or uh, you know, taxes or, or extra fees that would be involved in a transaction or worse, uh, fees on our services for helping our clients. So constantly people are trying to um, dig their hands into the cookie jar and, and take what they can from the people that we serve. So we're constantly fighting for um, our consumers and, and their private property rights. And it's, it's really some powerful work because lawmakers and legislators actually listen. Like when we show up, um, we have a very powerful voice and a powerful lobby with a lot of money and mobilization that really helps uh, grab their attention and shape the way laws are made. Yeah, it's all very important things for the industry that most people probably don't even know about. Oh, yeah. So you served on many boards, and you're still very involved with these committees. And I think a lot of people also probably don't know that when you're a member of these committees, that's how you actually gain the title of realtor instead of just being a real estate agent. So that's because as realtors, we have to follow a code of ethics, and we have to provide excellence to our communities do you want to talk a little bit about what holding that title means and kind of the path to get there? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, yeah, being a realtor is more than just being a real estate agent. Um, any of us can get a real estate license, uh, but to actually be a realtor, you have to pay dues and you have to also subscribe and honor the code of ethics. And the code of ethics is the rules that we abide by. Um, a lot of it's, you know, common sense stuff or, or things that you would think. You would think. Ugh. You would think. Right. Like, <laughs> do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Yet there's a lot of people that, you know, don't abide by the code of ethics. And so we have a way to hold them accountable uh, by reporting those violations and, and reporting them through the association where uh, people can be dealt with. So if there is unscrupulous activity. I mean, you know, the Department of Real Estate in each state is not nearly large enough to catch all of the activity that people are doing wrong. And that's why us policing our own industry and calling out the bad actors is really important because there's a lot of people that really don't do right by others. And by us speaking up about it and holding them accountable with the code of ethics, 
there are ways to hold them accountable for their actions and, and create a better environment uh, for consumers to be served on a much higher level. That and a ton of education. Um, the education that's available through the association, it's, it's literally more than I could ever digest in a lifetime. I know, actually, as I was preparing for this, I was going through and I was like, I need to get on here and learn more. So I get that. There's so much that's offered. Yeah, it's, it's funny because like um, even as I'm, you know, doing trainings and putting trainings together for our agents um, and as I was going through the CAR and NAR website and I've taken a lot of designation courses, I was overwhelmed by seeing so much more um, and even their podcast, which has a ton of great information that's always up to date on what's going on in the industry. It's it's literally a, a wealth of knowledge just waiting to be tapped into. So I believe if more agents actually did, um, we would see a very different industry. Yes, I agree. And I so I should mention Michael's most important title on his resume that isn't updated yet, but he is one of the co-owners of E3 Realty as well as the chief learning officer. So he is responsible for all the training that trickles down to all of our agents and we want to be represented by this code of ethics and by serving excellence to the community. So he makes it very important that our agents receive the training. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate having this opportunity because, you know, I train for doing this like an Olympic athlete trains for the Olympics. You know, I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm training hard, and I'm really trying to stay on top of anything and everything that matters to our business and taking care of clients on a high level, reading case studies on where people are screwing up and, and things are going bad for clients and how to prevent that or avoid that. Uh, risk management, um, like how do we do our job and protect our clients and also reduce liability for them, but also not create liability for ourselves. So it's really an art to do what we do for a living. So. I love the opportunity to, to learn and to also pass along what I'm learning because with 20 plus years in this industry, I have seen a lot and man, I'm still surprised by the things that happened. <laughs> Never a boring moment. Never. No, I love when you come back with your notes from your le these leadership events that are giving us little tips on the risk. That's my favorite topic of all time, yes. mostly because it's my biggest fear of all time. Right. But the risk, like the most recent one you came back with, and this could be a whole other episode, but about removing your client's inspection contingency without them getting the quote for the insurance first. So yes. that, I was like, that blew my mind. I just thought about all the risks that could potentially happen that may have happened in the past, and I was like, never again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, that was, that was a big one where – you know, the change to our purchase agreement and the change to releasing that investigation's contingency now automatically means if they can't get insurance, and of course, being in California, where, you know, fires have been crazy zones, bad. Yeah. yeah. All these natural disasters, and there's areas where people are having trouble getting homeowners insurance for their mm -hmm. home. And so uh, those areas that we see where non-contingent offers are commonplace and people have been just doing that for years they're not realizing that oops if you can't get insurance on the home because it's just not an insurable property all of a sudden their earnest money deposit 10 20 30 70 thousand dollars gone out the window that's like our main goal in life is to never lose our clients earnest money deposit exactly <laughs> I've had one close call, and I fought and won. 
Oh my goodness, that was nerve wracking for me. He was sitting right behind me the whole time. All the conversations were going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you mentioned the education that these organizations provide, but they also provide very innovative products and resources. And what would you say is one of the best resources or products that's available to realtors who are members of these associations? Other than the whole encyclopedia of education we just discussed. It really is. I mean, the it's it's there's so much there. There's no way to highlight even a fraction of it and still cover anywhere close what's available. Um, but really, the designation courses, I think, are probably some of the best, like the accredited buyer representation course, the seller representation course, uh, the real estate negotiation expert course. That one was a lot of fun. Um, I got a lot of really great stuff to use in addition to what I learned over the years. Um, and so there's designation courses like that, and then there's also the technology. There's all kinds of different technology where the associations are approached by different technology companies, and we know how technology has just been exploding. Yes, yes. Well, now those companies come to the association and pitch their ideas and then um, offer free services to our members. So for the same dues that people are paying now, they literally get access to beta test or be the first adopters of emerging technologies to try them out. And, and see how it incorporates in their business. And this is everything from technology on visiting homes, um, floor plans, uh, CRMs, marketing tools, like prospecting help, schedulers. So many different tools are available. So you've got those, and then you've also got all kinds of other local courses that the associations will put on and bring in professionals either from different industries or from our own industry to teach us how to serve our clients on a higher level. Yeah, one of my favorite things is the data that they put out every month. So if you want to talk a little bit about that and how detailed they get, some of the cool things that you can see, that would be great. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, I, I love to nerd out on the data and see what's going on because you can actually learn so much about what's going on in the industry by just looking at the numbers. Um, and it's not just, okay, list to sale ratios, but um, what kind of buyer activity is happening? How many days is it taking for offers to come through? How many offers are coming through? They're tracking micro data so that you can really actually look at it and read these reports that are available for, by city, county, and state and literally see what's happening with buyer behavior and seller behavior so that you can really see what's going on by the numbers and not just guess based on a few things that you think are happening. You can literally go to the data and unveil, yes, this is what I'm seeing and here's the numbers to back it up because there's a lot of things that people put out that are simply just not true or right. such a small sample yeah. uh, that they think that this is how the masses are behaving when really the numbers can tell a very different story. Yes, there's a lot of media out there that say a lot of untrue things. But the data also help, having all of that knowledge and actually setting that knowledge helps our client helps us help our clients make the best decisions possible because they are so much more confident in making those decisions knowing the true information. So that's what I love is taking the data to the consumer. Yes, me too. <laughs> so for... Realtors who are members of these associations, what would you say for them the importances of being involved with the communities, volunteering, or mm. with the committees, sorry, 
or if they don't want to volunteer their time, just simply attending the events that these organizations put on. Oh, that's huge. I mean, in fact, even for me, um, getting involved in organized real estate and actually volunteering on committees, um, I was, I guess to kind of back up a little story of even why I got involved and, and what really showed the power of being involved. Um, I went to uh, the uh, state associations, uh, the California, actually, I take that back because I, We'll, we'll, be, we'll be checking in on, a letter, on another section later that's going to dive into that a little bit more. Um, but really just getting involved on the committees was powerful in a way that I learned a lot more about what's going on in the industry. Our forms, you know, the purchase agreement, all the addendums, all the pieces that make these contracts come together and how we use them for negotiations. I learned that after getting involved in the association and finding out how do we use these things and how do these connect and how can we use them in negotiations? Or um, I was told if, if you want something to change in the industry, you need to show up and be involved. So I showed up, I got involved, and on the various committees, I learned more and more about the vendors and the different people that support the real estate industry and what would make a really good partnership and what makes one stand out versus the other. And then also all the different business that goes on to decide the rules that we follow, um, laws that are being, uh, you know, proposed, you know, what's going on in the industry. And there's actually a lot of information from sitting on the committees where people are so involved with what's going on in the economy and what's affecting real estate that I was able to learn a ton more about all the back end pieces of how all this stuff comes together. And it's actually made me a tremendously better professional, like getting involved in organized real estate, which has been less than 10 years. You know, my career is 21 years, but for less than 10 years, it's been with organized real estate. And I felt like within the first two years of being involved in organized real estate, I learned more than the previous 10 years. It was like that much information. And I was lucky enough to get into real estate after you already did that. So I got to learn it all right away. Yay. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the California Association of Realtors has something called the Realtor Action Fund. Yes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? And I mean, you touched on it earlier about how much power we have when it comes to lobbying. But if you want to talk about that fund and how it helps homeowners as well as realtors. Absolutely. So the Realtor Action Fund is literally the money that we pool together to work on legislative issues. Um, and this could be national, state, or even local issues. Um, so I actually invest, I, I look at it like an investment in our industry and an investment for the people that we serve. Because um, to tell a little story about why I got involved on a bigger scale and what led to actually starting to invest in the Realtor Action Fund is when I showed up to Legislation Week, which is a week where uh, business professionals come together in California, in Sacramento, to go lobby legislators and, and talk about the different uh, bills or laws they're, they're proposing and, and weigh in on those issues. Well, I showed up with the, uh, the California mortgage professionals, okay? So, and when I showed up, there was 32 of us from the entire state that showed up for the meetings. And when we went to go meet with lawmakers, 
I was literally meeting with staff and maybe we would get to talk to the lawmaker, but usually we were talking to staff, explaining our position on the issues, and then they would deliver it. Two weeks later, I showed up with the California Association of Realtors, now the Realtor Party of California. Over 2,000 members show up to the meetings and all of a sudden, we're getting the red carpet treatment to come in and speak with lawmakers where there's, you know, whether it's a small office or a big office, we're getting to sit directly with the lawmaker. They have staff there to take notes, but they are intently leaning in and listening to the feedback that we're giving them about the laws of like, hey, I know the intended purpose of this rule is X, Y, and Z, but did you realize that you're actually harming consumers and homeowners in these ways? and explain that. And they literally will take our advice and we'll have a dialogue back and forth and they will listen and make changes to the way that they are either drafting the legislation or the way they're gonna vote on the legislation. And so that literally blew me away. Yeah, that is mind blowing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just, and, and so I wanted to know more and more, okay, so why is this such a big difference? Like why, why when I show up at the California Association of Realtors, do lawmakers sit and listen? But when I showed up with the mortgage professionals, which, I mean, let's face it, almost every person who buys a home needs some, some kind of financing. So mortgage professionals are plentiful. What, what's the difference? And the biggest difference I found out was the amount of money that is behind lobbying efforts and education because it's really expensive to run any kind of education around a campaign. In fact, um, when, when there was um, a, 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 a law being proposed with regard to designating, uh, you know, rideshare like Lyft and Uber drivers to be independent contractors, their independent contractor status was being threatened. $200 million spent to just educate the voters in order to get that to pass the way they wanted to protect independent contractor wow. status. I mean, yeah, so it takes a ton of money just to educate voters, let alone all kinds of other pieces that go into play to fight, you know, rent control or things that are going to mm -hmm. impose restrictions on what our homeowners can do with their properties that they own. So seeing that money go to work and seeing it, it happen on a national and even a local level where literally what was being proposed gets changed. That's what got me to start investing. I look at it like the amount of money that I spend every year to the Realtor Action Fund is money well spent because there's been countless wins that would not have happened without that money and mobilization. No, I agree. And I can think of some right now, but I want to hear from you what some of those, what, what are some of those, your favorite propositions that have been passed? Ah. Or anything that's been passed, really. Um, you know, probably one of the biggest um, was when the pandemic hit and we were all told to shelter in place. And we're all sitting like, how are we going to take care of our clients? How, how are we going to if if I have to be at home and I know that, you know, we already had technology lined up to where we could work from home. But like showing a home, mm -hmm. putting a home on the market letting other people in to see the home because most people don't want to buy a home without actually seeing it and walking through it and feeling it. And with everybody freaked out over getting sick and being sheltered in place, uh, one of our biggest wins was actually lobbying 
for our industry to be deemed essential. So that was a massive win that makes me really proud to be a realtor because it was literally a matter of weeks and we were deemed an essential business and we were able to start helping our clients in a safe manner. Yeah. You know, we had to do a lot around that, you remember. Yeah, no, that was a huge win. Exactly. Um, another big one was just uh, this year um, at Legislation Week, there was a bill being proposed or a law being proposed that was essentially going to force our homeowners who own rental properties to give their tenant first right of refusal to buy the property, which, I mean, hey, well-intended where that was coming yeah, from. Yeah, no, definitely. And a lot of my clients are like that, where they literally will give their tenant the first opportunity to buy it um, off market without competition if they can qualify. There's a lot of renters that won't qualify currently to buy a home and the way that this law was proposed, it was going to require homeowners to wait out that tenant to get pre-approved for financing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They could not sell it to anyone else until at least the first 30, 60, and 90-day windows were passed. Meaning, if you wanted to sell to your, your, your uncle, your brother, your family member, um, whoever, sorry, or worse, let's say a parent wanted to sell that property to their kid. Let's say their kid was not a homeowner, and now their child wanted to become a homeowner, and the parent wanted to sell it to the child and pass down what we have currently, which is the property tax exemption from being reassessed and still have the parent's low tax bill. It's like, sorry, little Johnny, can't sell you the property. <laughs> There's this new law in place that my tenant has to qualify 30, 60, 90 days. In fact, when you looked at it, it could be anywhere up to six to 12 months before that homeowner was going to be able to sell that property to anyone else. And think about that. Like yeah. even with this current market, what's happening? Right. Rising interest rates, prices are not going up the way they were before. In fact, there are some price reductions in some areas. So imagine being handcuffed to your property saying, I want to sell it today because I need to. Mm -hmm. Let's say, let's say you've got some medical expenses coming up. You've got some serious things that you need to pay for. And you're like, well, I don't have $300,000 sitting in the bank, but I have $300,000 in my property. If I sell my property, I can now have that life-saving surgery. And yet a law is in place that says, I'm sorry, you can't sell your property right now. Even though you could sell it to your tenant, if your tenant doesn't qualify, you need to give them at least three, six, nine, upwards of 12 months to buy the property. A, who knows if that person would live that long to even see that happen or worse, well, that's the worst, right. um, but situations like that or having to sell for less later. So ultimately, we showed up in force and literally made it our mission to lobby legislators this legislation week, this year of 2022. And before we were done with the week of meetings, we put on so much pressure that the author of the bill pulled it, said, I give, I get it, I understand this was well-intended, Let's go back to the drawing board and figure something else out because it was really for a good reason. You know, these lawmakers are not just trying to make people's lives miserable. Right. They just don't understand some of the unintended consequences, and that's what we do, make them aware of it. Yeah, that's awesome. 
but yeah, that last one you were talking about kind of defeats the purpose of investing in real estate altogether. Exactly. It would be so hard to convince your client to buy a home knowing that when the time came for them to actually get the return on their investment, you might not be able to help them do that. Exactly. And that's why being involved and and understanding what's being proposed, because there's thousands of laws being proposed every single year. And uh, the California Association of Realtors, in fact, every state association has all kinds of people on staff that are sifting through these, looking for what's real estate related, what's going to affect our clients, and they make us aware of it. They will text us, call us, email us, and, and give us these scripts that we can literally, within a click of a button, 30 seconds, we can send messages to lawmakers about what's being proposed and what our position is on it. So they do all the heavy lifting for us to where we can spend 30 seconds, and it's crazy because I'm getting responses back from these lawmakers of, I heard you loud and clear. Thank you for voicing your opinion. Um, this is what I'm doing to work on this change. I've literally had local and, and state people uh, email back responses to these things. So it's not fake. <laughs> <laughs> and for people who do want to contribute, I contribute. I donate. I don't have time to do anything else, but I donate. How? What's the best way for them to do that? Oh, thank you. In I fact, just get an email, so I don't know. I just click, click, click. Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's really the best way, Mari. Like, donating money so that that money can be put to good use to educate people and educate lawmakers is critical. Like, that's the biggest thing you could do. So thank you, thank you. And help our clients so that we even have clients, right? Exactly. And then the other piece is, like you said, responding. We call them red alerts which is when we get that text message that says, hey, respond to this right here. You click the link. You spend 30 seconds of your time responding. That response added up and compounded with the amount of numbers when people do respond, it is powerful. Like it's literally life-changing for people. So it's actually really important that, that you do that. So for the people out there that don't have time, because that is understandable. I mean, we're, we're all busy in our lives and ultimately – um, just doing something is better than nothing. And then um, also just sharing with others so that they understand how they can get involved because maybe you don't have enough time, but somebody else will. Right. So encouraging them to get involved is actually very powerful as well. Nice. So I know that we kind of really needed your partnership in our business and forced you to not be on these board of directors, but do you have any upcoming plans or what's in the future for you? Because we, there will come a time when we are able to again, but what are you hoping to serve on at some point in the future? <laughs> well, ultimately, um, I, I still am involved in certain ways. Like um, I'm, a, I'm a director for the California Association of Realtors, um, and so that's the thing. So people with very busy schedules, you know, sometimes you got to pick and choose where you're going to spend your time. Um, at one point, I was involved on multiple committees at the local level, plus the board of directors, plus the executive committee, plus the board of directors at the state level. And that added up to a lot of hours every single week and a lot of hours every month that just scaling back to, okay, volunteering at the state level and then sharing that knowledge to our local association and helping out with events that way has been a great way to stay involved. Um, and my wife also serves um, as a state director as well. 
So there's a lot of other ways to still stay involved and tap in. And I've earned a lot of wonderful relationships and friendships through this that keep me tapped in. Uh, for instance, I just went to one of my really good friend's wedding. Um, and their wedding was gorgeous, extraordinary, so fun. And at that wedding, I'm sitting there with past presidents of the National Association of Realtors, past presidents of the California Association of Realtors, and a whole lot of people that are either current officers or up-and-coming officers um, that are very involved. And so even in that way, because of those relationships that I've built, we, we have this mutual respect and trust and love for each other that we're constantly sharing information that way. And it's actually helped keep me in the know on things that have helped us with scaling and growing our mm -hmm. company um, and all kinds of things in the industry. So even, even not having enough time to be on, say, all the committees that I would love to volunteer on, um, there's other ways through the relationships that I've built to stay involved and, and stay in touch with what's going on to still have the information that we need to make informed decisions. Yeah, I think you and I share this in common, but if we could just volunteer for our whole lives for everything, that would probably be our main yes. jobs. <laughs> I think we had to like prioritize what was important to us at one point and volunteers at the top of both of ours and at the bottom of everyone else's. So yep. I get it and I feel your pain, but I'm really happy that you have built all those relationships and you are able to stay involved and connected. Yeah, it's it's been extraordinary. Like I... I wouldn't change a thing, and I'm, I'm so grateful for having that opportunity and spending that time because uh, while it didn't seem like at the time it would be that beneficial, I just wanted to make changes. I just wanted to raise the bar of professionalism, and what it turned into was extraordinary growth, both personally and professionally, um, and, and allowed our businesses to grow tremendously, and now you know, be a support for our agents. So it's like I could go on for hours and hours about how beneficial it's been, and I can't encourage people enough to get involved. If you don't like something, speak up. If you like something and you want to see more of it, speak up and volunteer. <laughs> okay, one last thing, just a fun fact. Well, I don't exactly know how the organization of the board of directors work, but Chris told me, so I don't know if it's a true fact. You'll have to confirm but right before I came in here, Chris told me that when you were on exec, that you actually weren't supposed to be on exec, but they wanted you to be just because of your knowledge and how, really how knowledgeable you are. Um, yeah, so basically um, it was coming back in from taking some time off. So I was literally first year back on, right onto the executive team um, because they did want somebody with a lot of knowledge and expertise to help guide and shape the conversation so that we could stay on point, do good business, and make sure that we're paying attention to some of the historical stuff, because I really paid attention to history when serving on the board before, because I actually would sit down and, and ask people that have been doing this much longer than me, people that have been doing this 25, 30, 50 years, like, hold on a minute. I know that we all think that this is a great idea to start making these changes, but what have you seen in the past? And you'd be surprised that how many times human nature repeats itself and people are trying to fix the same problems and behavior issues over time. And having that historical knowledge and brought to the table, it actually made it a lot easier to keep things moving and shape conversations. But yeah, it was 
it was a, a little bit of a fast forward button on that <laughs> one. But uh, I do appreciate the opportunity because it was very beneficial in a crazy year. <laughs> well, we definitely appreciate that opportunity and all the experience you've had because it does trickle down to us and to all of our agents. So thank you so much for your brain. Ah, My pleasure. And thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. I can't wait until next time, too. Yes! <laughs> <laughs>